This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome to The Bunker. I'm Hannah Fern. In the Clin Peninsula in Wales, more than 5,000 houses, that's 8% of all properties, are registered as second homes, and many of those are rented out on holiday let sites such as Airbnb. But after Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng sank the British economy and mortgage rates spiralled, many of these landlords are starting to sell up. Or at least they're trying to. That's a good thing, right? Or is it? Dr. Stefan Evans is an expert in poverty in Wales, and he's with me to talk about this. Hi, Stefan. Hi. The think tank you work for, the Bevan Foundation, has researched the impact that Airbnb has had on housing in Wales for quite some time now. What did you find out about low-income families' chances of actually finding a home in Wales? Yeah, so housing affordability is a big problem in Wales as it is elsewhere in the UK. So, you know, for home ownership, for 2021 data, uh, average house prices are 6.4 times the average salary. Um, but maybe it's towards the rental sector as well, where we've seen a, a real problem emerge. So there's, there's, there's a distinct lack of social housing, which is obviously a problem elsewhere in the UK as well. And there's a real shortage of properties for people to rent, in particular those on the, on the lower end of the, of the income spectrum. So in May, there were only 24 properties available to, to let on kind of the former rental market in Wales during that first week across the whole country that our rates were covered by benefits. And um, so that was less than 2% of what was on the market. And by August, I had jumped to 60, but, you know, still very low numbers of properties available to let at rates that were covered by benefits. Mm. At the same time, we've seen rising concerns about second homes and holiday let in particular, and kind of a concern that that's removing stock from the sector allowing property owners to make competitive returns, which means that they're not let retting out properties for long-term accommodation for families. So people using Airbnb, they can make much more than they can even, you know, with a, with a long-term relationship w- w- with a social housing tenant. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So from, from the work we we did kind of the data we've got is from May last year. Um, and, and what that showed was that um, in every single Welsh local authority bar one, a property owner could do as make as much money in 10 weeks by letting out their property at the, the average as a property owner letting out their property at the, at the level you'd get the housing benefit for the entire year. So that's obviously very, very competitive. Obviously, there are some slightly higher costs potentially with regards to the holiday let industry. Um, but, but even allowing for that, there's potentially some very, very large returns that property owners can make. So landlords simply don't want to, to offer their homes over the long term to families? 
Absolutely. So we've heard concerns from people in kind of homelessness teams and local authorities across Wales that this is having kind of an impact in two ways. So on the one hand, we're hearing of people having to seek support through the homelessness system because their landlord might have decided that they they wanted them out. They wanted to turn that into an Airbnb. Um, And at the same time, um, those homelessness teams have got less people that they can work with because a lot of the landlords that maybe historically would have worked with them to house someone out of temporary accommodation now can make such great returns um, operating you know, as holiday lets that they, they just don't need to bother engaging with local authorities. And that's having a real a double whammy effect on homelessness and, and, and on pressure for low-income renters. So, I mean, councils must have been very, very well aware of this and, and, and reporting their, their concerns to the Welsh Government. Has the Welsh Government tried to do anything about um, these kind of holiday lets so far? And has any of that worked? So holiday lets is a new space for the Welsh Government to take action in. So historically, the action has focused on second homes and local authorities in Wales have been allowed to charge an extra premium on top of their council tax, um, you know, kind of as an extra cost for people who had second homes. Um, there's been growing concern that to get out of that system, more and more property owners, second homeowners, have argued that, no, I actually don't have a second home. This is a holiday let, which means that they're not subject to council tax, but rather to business rates. Right. Um, and partly as a response to that concern, but also as a growing concern, I think, more broadly, um, with, with what's going on. The rules around when you're able to claim you're operating as a business are about to change in Wales in April. So from April, you have to let out your property for 182 days, as a holiday let to be able to claim, uh, you know, that to be paying that lower level of tax. And that's a big increase from 70 days where we've been to date. So that's going to be the first time we see any real action. So, and I think there's interest to see right. what impact that has. So they're starting to do something, but um, is it needed now? I mean, what we've seen is that since those t- terrible 40 days of Liz Truss and the mortgage crunch, there's some evidence now that Airbnb, certainly in other parts of the country, are becoming less um, attractive to speculative landlords. And so they're starting to sell up. So shouldn't we be pleased about that? Are you seeing that in, in Wales too? I think I always treat kind of reports of reduction in both kind of holiday lets or kind of number of landlords operating as private landlords with quite a big pinch of salt because I think there's always pushback when there's changes within legislation or kind of taxation within the industry that, that you know these scare stories about people leaving the sector and because the data we have kind of more generally across the UK is pretty poor it's quite hard to measure what's going on so what may be going on is that we are seeing maybe fewer individuals operating within that space but that they're actually, you know, selling up those properties and they're being bought by other property owners who intend to use them as Airbnbs um, or, or, or letting out long term, depending on what sort of industry they've come from. So I think there's a reason to be cautious to see actually will that have a positive impact in boosting the availability of housing in the longer term in communities. So nobody's getting too excited just yet then. So the Welsh Government is also looking at introducing new legislation to ensure that privately rented homes meet a basic decent standard, similar to the decent home standard that social housing provided by housing associations and councils must meet. Could that have another effect as well? Because obviously that's a costly outlay for uh, a landlord to improve their home if they want to let it uh, long term to a local family. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's real concern around this about kind of the need to move across tenure if you're going to increase um, kind of controls and legislation in terms of standards of property. So the action being taken by Welsh government with regards to private rentals are, are really welcome and will make a difference, you know, in terms of ensuring that properties are of the highest standard for renters. But as you said, you know, if people can 
make really good returns operating in a different sector where they don't have to comply with such standards, that's going to be a really attractive option for some property owners who might not want to update those those properties. And of course, it also kind of raises concerns from some operating kind of within the hotel or B&B industry, because, you know, they've got higher standards that they haven't to comply with than, than these Airbnb properties or kind of broader holiday less as well. So there's a real concern here that, you know, if you don't move kind of similar standards across all property types, some of the more unscrupulous people operating in that sector are going to take that action to evade kind of the standards and regulations that essentially are designed to make property safe for people to stay in. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Your research found that Airbnb has affected more than just the housing market in in Wales. It's altered the whole Welsh economy. You mentioned the hotel sector. That's obviously been directly affected. What else has changed? You know, it's had a massive impact on a lot of communities across Wales. And, and I think, you know, we, the holiday let industry plays a really important role in the Welsh economy. You know, it has, um, you know, brings tourism in, brings money in, and, and it does play an important role. But there's a question about balance. You know, have we got the right balance between properties that people can live in long term and properties just there for the holiday sector? And that raises concerns about are there people able to live locally, to work in the industry, to actually support it? And actually, does that undermine the long term viability of industry? And kind of, you know, kind of a real manifestation of that is that we've seen kind of some villages essentially have ceased to exist as places that people live in year round. So we've seen closures of some rural schools. And, you know, perhaps the most famous example of that is the village of Abrasoch and on the Peninsula that has, you know, been quite a lot of media attention about that um, that particular community. But there's other communities across Wales as well, where the nature of who's living, the nature of the sort of businesses and the sort of economic activity that's ongoing there are changing significantly. And there are real concerns about what does that mean long term for those communities, for those economies. And of course, in, in a Welsh context, kind of linguistic concerns as well. And what do people, yeah, absolutely. What do people say how, about how it feels to live in those communities? Do they feel that their sort of way of life or their, their local communities are, are dying out? That's kind of, feels like it's in, in retrenchment. Historically, I think it's manifested itself more around second homes. So this idea, you know, homes that people don't live in. But I think there's a growing awareness now about this. This isn't actually another part of our problem. Um, and, and thinking about what that means. And of course, it's not just a problem in rural areas as well. You know, there's large numbers of Airbnbs in in Cardiff and it'll be the same in cities across the UK. You know, so people living in blocks of flats, you know, where they're renting a flat that they're trying to live in year round and you're having different groups of stags and hens maybe coming to live in that flat mm. every weekend. You know, something quite miserable and a miserable impact uh, uh, on that area as well. So these concerns are really manifested across the country really uh, in terms of that impact on, on community in the sense of the impact on people who want to live there longer term. 
Putting your comments about taking the research with a pinch of salt to one side for now, let's imagine that there was a mass sell-up, that lots of homes came onto the market across Wales all at the same time because of these twin pressures around demands on improvement of quality standards, around uh, the mortgage crisis and so on. Wouldn't that push down prices, making it easier for first-time buyers to get a foot on the ladder? Shouldn't first-time buyers welcome that? I mean, that would absolutely be the hope. And, you know, that is one route that things could go down. And I think they would be, you know, that that could well be a positive impact. Of course, one of the concerns at the moment is that with a rise in interest rates, it's actually become more expensive for first-time buyers to get the money together to, to be able to buy a property in the first place. So, you know, even if prices come down, they're not that much more affordable than they were before relative to people's incomes. Um, and the concern there would be that if we did see kind of a big sell-off, would we see people who already have incomes swooping in to take them. So maybe we'd see a lot of individual holiday let Airbnb owners sell up and they'd just be bought by people who run larger businesses, you know, kind of, and the industrialization of that sector. It could be bought up by landlords as well, you know, to kind of build larger and larger portfolios. So that's the concern. So someone thinking of selling an Airbnb let in these areas right now might be thinking they're doing the right thing for first-time buyers to let it go, but but perhaps not. What would your advice to someone in that position be? What do you think the ethical thing to do is now if you're someone holding on to an Airbnb that perhaps you, you can't afford anymore, but you don't want to contribute to the area's problems? I, I think it's kind of balancing up. Um, so, you know, kind of, it's not just about thinking about the financial return you can make. So if you can, if there is someone available locally, you know, someone who wants to buy and live in that area, then considering their needs as well, you know, and the needs of that community more broadly, that is something that people absolutely have agency to do. And I think actually that's something that may be a bit of an unspoken truth in this whole debate as well, is that a lot of these properties have become holiday homes, Airbnbs, through people locally in, in, in our communities as well, selling up for the maximum return on their properties as well. You know, that's maybe a bit of a uh, not talked about element of a lot of this discussion. So it's about everyone involved in the process thinking, it's not trying to think about maximising how much we can make, but rather thinking about, you know, how can I, okay, sell my property and maybe get my money back, but also in a way that doesn't, you know, kind of thinks about the community needs more broadly as well. There's more going on in the Welsh Government as well. From April, councils in Wales will be given the flexibility to charge up to 300% council tax on second homes. That's a fantastic initiative, isn't it? Are you excited about the impact that might have? Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I think everyone's interested to see how that works. At the moment, I don't think there's an indication that any local authorities are going to immediately go to 300%. I think Gwynedd um, suggested 150% at the moment, and there's a few others kind of looking to push higher. But that's absolutely an area that we are um, you know, keen to see kind of develop. I think there's also kind of talk about maybe thinking more broadly as well about, for, for people who might not be aware, there is currently um, not a formal coalition, but some agreement between Plaid Cymru and Labour in terms of policies that are being pushed forward by the Welsh Government. And within that, there has been talk about doing some interesting things. And um, there's some pilot work going on um, on the Keen Peninsula, actually, kind of looking at how can we boost the number of properties that are available and also kind of thinking about using the planning system as well. So th- th- there are potentially some interesting stuff going on. It's interesting that you said that they're not going for 300% straight away. What's holding them back? It seems from the outside, it seems a great opportunity to really kind of hit the problem. What's making them reluctant to go for it? Probably a mixture of about, you know, kind of, you know, it is a significant hike. And I think there's concerns about what the impact that might have. 
Um, one of the reasons why we're seeing the, this change in regulations in terms of business rates is that because properties that used to be down as second homes and were paying council tax decided to flip to become Airbnbs to get out of that regulation. So I think there's a kind of I think there's going to be a sense of pushing up the limits of this to see kind of how can you maximise the returns as a local authority and capturing as many properties in that process as well. Like, as you said, it's about looking at the entire market working together. Uh, obviously, one policy impacts every other part, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I think the real lesson through this work, and part of the reason why we started looking at this as well, is the absolute clear need that if you're moving on one part of the housing sector, not just on the holiday side of the sector, but kind of more broadly, you need to be moving at similar pace in other parts of the sector as well. So to reduce the incentives for those individuals who own properties who just want to get out of any legislation, regulation or kind of tax incentives to make sure that there isn't that route for them, that there aren't those loopholes. And also um, kind of thinking about communities as well is that it's not just about stopping further properties from becoming Airbnbs or kind of second homes. It's also about thinking about how do we increase supply in a way that's sustainable because there is still a shortage of social housing in particular in many communities and that are affected um, particularly badly by the holiday home situation. As there is across the whole of uh, the UK, unfortunately. Thanks so much for joining me, Stefan. Thank you very much. The bunker is free to download, but if you like what you're hearing and want to make sure that there's more where this came from, then you can back us on Patreon. Just choose the amount you want to donate and keep us bringing you great podcasts. I'm Hannah Fern. Thanks for listening. The Bunker was presented by Hannah Fern, produced by Jack Gerberson. Audio production by me, Robin Lieber. Lead producer is Jacob Jarvis. Group editor, Andrew Harrison. And the theme tune is by Kenny Dickinson. The Bunker is a Podmasters production. Podcast.